0: SMQBs. This is episode 61. We're covering the start of the NBA playoffs, which we all know go on and on and on and on. We're covering the guys that make you just want to root against the team. Who do you hate in the NBA? Who drives you absolutely crazy? And then we're talking about what's the most exciting play to end a game on. You got one ticket to go see an epic ending of a game. What are you going to see? Can small markets compete uh, in this day and age? Will the uh, Milwaukee Bucks be able to repeat? And is that even a thing anymore, being in the small market? Who's our punchable face of the week? And check out our Ted Lassos and a really nice pour out by Rooster. This is SMQBs. Thanks for listening. Leave us a five-star review. Enjoy the show. It's on the people, climb up on the booth, from the people, on the people, my hits the roof, on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the oh! Dancing on the people like our people. 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 People, people. Dancing on the people like I'm... Everybody like I'm. ends up... So QB, this is episode 61. That was... You get your work on a right. one. If you get this. Somebody's been doing a little research ahead of time, I think. Uh We have... He was... um. The second overall pick in the 1999 MLB Draft. He went 138 and 106, a 3.88 career ERA, 1,901 strikeouts. He's a two-time World Series champion, winning once in 2003 with the Marlins. And once in 2007 with the Red Sox, he was the Is MVP. A reliever? No, wait a
1: minute, he wait. was
0: the did, MVP. He go, did he play for the Dodgers? He did play for the Dodgers. He was an MVP of the 2003 World Series and the 2007 ALCS MVP. And perhaps maybe you'll get it on this one. it. Um, perhaps you'll get it on this one. He was so – let me get this right. Hold on. Um, he was the 2002 winner of the Moy grande deer contest for bringing down the largest buck during the Texas deer hunting season. And yes, rooster you nailed it.
1: Josh Beckett, you got it. Yeah, but he wasn't, I didn't think that guy was a hunter. Well, he seems like a, yeah,
2: Josh Beckett was number 61.
1: When you said, when you said the, uh, the only reason I knew it was because of the Marlins, he won the world series with the Marlins and the Red Sox. But uh, yeah, when you went into that hunting thing, I, I was going to withdraw my answer. I think he, I do think when he they changed his
0: number at hunt. some point. I think he changed his number at some point, but he was 61 at one point in his career. Um, um, and let me tell you, it was pretty slim pickings. There might've been three people who ever wore it. Um, there had to be some also, football players. Way, well, not really any worth talking about but uh he also uh in november of 17 was arrested for public intoxication after charging uh, a country band where uh he i guess hammered the singer and the singer had a torn rotator cuff and dislocated shoulder as a result so that's your uh, episode 61 fellas yeah wow. there we go uh, welcome back guys good. yes
2: looked tan you. from your time in mexico together we're, yeah, yeah. We're a week off yeah. yeah, we
3: missed you. It we was,
1: missed uh, you. Yeah. You
0: guys did a good job. It was a good We were uh, listening
3: to it. Researching the, you know, Mexican national team for World Cup purposes. Yeah. How they looking. Muy bueno. Remember. Uh, muy uh Muy bueno. <laughs> muy
0: grande. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, listen. There's,
0: uh, it's kind of a weird time in sports, I think, uh, because the NBA playoffs start, but the NBA playoffs also go like for nine months. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it seems like uh, you know you get you get pretty excited about playoff time, but then you realize that it's going to be like July fourth before this is all over with. So, um, but House, give us a rundown. What's going on in the uh, in the East with the? I playoffs? I just gonna
2: say you just nailed it because I was thinking about this. If if you have an eighty-two game season, right, and you gotta win four series to win the NBA championship, and if you get in a dogfight, if you go in a four-seven game series, that's an additional twenty-eight games. It's like you know a sizable, sizable part of the season. It goes on forever. But uh, I think there has been a. a a new sheriff in town in in the NBA that the East has taken over from the West. Uh, you know, for years and years and years, it was all about the West. Um, of course, the the Bucks won it last year, but this year I think any one of five teams could not only come out of the East, but really seriously. Uh, challenge, who I think will probably end up being the Phoenix Suns. They really seem far and away the best out there. But the top four, the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Bucks, and number seven, the Nets, now that they're fully healthy, are five really, really good basketball teams, really good basketball teams. Um, I think the storyline of the East played out on Sunday in the game between the Celtics and the Nets and that buzzer beater from Jason Tatum. I think we're starting to see the beginning of Hagler Hearns meets NBA uh, first round matchup because that was just back and forth. Incredible playmaking, incredible shot making, incredible superstars and in Tatum and Kyrie and Durant and more. Um so I think that'll be a great, great matchup on the in the East. I think uh, I don't really see the Bulls putting up much of anything against the Bucs. Uh, I also think, you know, we had some discussion on our text chain about the Hawks being last year's pretenders. Uh, I think the Heat are going to destroy the losers. Hawks. I, I, I think actually the rule change and getting rid of some of Trey Young's shtick has really hurt oh. that team. But I got to tell you about this Sixers-Toronto match because I, I I looked at it on paper. And it is really incredible what Nick Nurse has done with this team. This is their, their starting five or maybe one guy off the is. These are not household names. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Precious Achua, OG Ananubi, Chris Boucher. And that is taking on three max contracts and beat Harris- and Harden, Tobias Harris, James Harden, a superstar phenom of a second-year player in Tyrese Maxey, who until Kyrie scored 39, Maxey was the leading scorer of all NBA playoff games with 38 in his first playoff game, and Danny Green, who's a perennial championship winner on different teams, it, sh- on, it should be no contest. And yes, the first game was no contest, but the Raptors are not going away. The Raptors are not going away. Yes, they suffered an injury, big-time injury with Scottie Barnes, uh, and injuries will hurt them. But I think the series is going to go at least six games. Toronto's going to clamp down. On Embiid and now figure out a way to cl- clamp down on Tyrese Maxey. I think the East is going to be a blast.
3: Stop just it! Really uh, uh, a just stop it! good Lord, stop it! crazy trick. Crazy talk. Anymore. This is just
2: ridiculous. What are you talking ridiculous.
3: about? You guys it's get crazy. the broom out. Take yeah, the broom. Come
0: on.
2: Are you kidding me? Yeah, Five beat them by the
1: beat them by twenty points when when uh, Embiid and Harden had okay
2: games. I mean, how many times did you guys text and say, "Oh, Toronto's come back now"? It's on no, I, never no, never I never once said that. No,
3: I never did. I turned it off. Maybe the Canucks over or Looney or whatever Moose Jaw. <laughs> Paul Miller. <laughs> <Yeah. Mooshaw. laughs>
1: so, so by the way, congratulations, breakout game by Tyrese
3: Maxey. That that's, oh, that was awesome. is, that must have been exciting. You guys, for you.
2: He can have anything he wants in Philadelphia right now. Anything.
3: Your firepower. I mean, you, if you don't sweep it, that's Ridiculous. a disappointment. <laughs> Tur- yeah. Tur- Toronto is
1: t- just not even in the same league as the Sixers and you know it Ah, sure. I mean, this is, yeah.
0: these series it's, don't end after one just, game is, is this, there the, a more dominant player in the NBA than Embiid I mean really oh. right now is there a more dominant
1: player than Embiid
2: I say currently him.
1: some guy named Precious
2: <laughs> <laughs> he makes threes hey, Precious Achua doesn't miss from the and, three point line
3: and Fred Fleet, who's cousins with Greta, obviously. <laughs>
2: That's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a new one. That is a good one. Well, no, you I got tried. anything better than the West, Rooster? Listen,
1: yeah. I, I don't know why you think the West is is yesterday's news. The top three teams in the NBA this year came out of the West. Suns, the Grizzlies. And the Warriors have the top three records in the league, and um, I agree that the that the East is is probably more competitive because there are more good teams. But um, I, you know, this, the the West is exciting this year. Uh, you're right; the Suns are the Suns are the team to beat. But um, the Warriors have it all going on now. I mean, we talked about Jordan Poole in our last episode, and I mean, he stepped up and played big. Against the Nuggets, um, Steph hardly even had to play. Look, came, Splash came off Brothers the bench. are back. Splash Brothers, Splash are, brothers back. are back. Draymond's play. back. Um, the, 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 you know, the the band's back together, man. And they were they were the second best team in the league uh, behind the Suns from until everyone started getting hurt. And if you remember, Steph, early in the year, we were all saying he's having another MVP year. So, and he's not even quite bad. That's the only thing that concerns me. He, I don't think is quite back. He's probably like 85% if that, but pool Jordan pool is more than adequate replacement. The The thing that really I find exciting is the emergence of the big three in Minnesota with um, <clears throat> Edwards towns and, and D'Angelo Russell, those guys are putting it together. And I, I'm, After after that first game against Memphis, I think they're this number eight seed is going to beat this number two seed and knock them out. Um, I
2: just thought you said Memphis was one of the best three teams in the NBA.
1: They were, the based on their record, and they had the second best record in the league this year. Hmm. They they really exposed Minnesota's hot though. Minnesota's coming
3: on and hot. Well, they they exposed the Grizzlies if Jaw has an off game, which kind of hard to say he had an off game is many points as he did, but he didn't have a field goal for like half of over half of the game. And so all he did was he kept driving and he was drawing some fouls, granted, but he was he would go in uncontrollably. And uh and those bigs, especially Anthony Edwards, hello NBA. Anthony wow. Edwards is finally made guard. his mark. Wow. I yeah. mean, good lord, what a game I mean, that was.
0: That's my favorite series right now to watch. Yep. That was the one that yep. that, you know, we were going to talk about things that got our attention in the, in the playoffs. That's the series that I that's funny because we didn't talk, we didn't plan this ahead of time that we were going to talk about, but that's the one that's that got my attention for sure because, you know, you know, it's like number 2 versus number 7, but also the top 2 scoring teams uh was it in the in the NBA or in the West? I think maybe just in the West, but the top 2 scoring teams uh, from the from the regular season and young young teams, right? I mean, it just it's just kind of I, a fun. It's gonna be a fun series. I, I think, think Anthony I think Edwards Utah. is
1: the next Jason Tatum. In fact, I think he is. He's bigger. ahead of schedule uh, from on Jason Tatum. You know, he was just drafted in 2020, and he mark? was the number one pick for a reason. But Jason Tatum was a little slow getting off the mark. That he's really pouring it on this year. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards is ahead of him and, and is a su-
3: emerging superstar for sure. Barkley said he's like a linebacker playing Ford. I it's mean, a he's, boy. he's a big boy and he can go get it. And he's got, he's got a great three point shot. I mean, so he is dangerous. I think Utah though was the highest scoring team this year. Um, and you know, let's, let's talk quickly about, about my dilemma, uh, you guys see any chance for the Mavs if uh Doncic can't play tonight? Yeah, no, win. none. Down yeah, 0-2, have to win yeah. 4 out of 5 even if he yeah. comes back.
0: Will yeah. he be uh-huh. 100%. Nope.
3: Well, man, what a, I
0: mean, what a story there by the way. Um uh you know, should have taken the damn suspension, right? I mean, look <laughs> at look at that. They they appeal the technical uh, in the last game of the uh, right of the or the second to last game of the regular season, they appeal it and, they, and the technical gets reversed. And that's the only reason he's playing that day he gets hurt. If well, that technical
3: stance it, he's not playing, right? It gets, it's worse than that though, guys. And you know, it's I don't worse know whether, than that. It is. Yeah. I don't know whether to put this on the foot of Cuban or Kid or both, but at the time he got hurt late in the third quarter, uh the Mavs were were clocking the uh spurs and the Warriors were way ahead of the Pelicans. And the only way the Mavs could have got the third seed was to win and have the Warriors lose. So at that point, it was obvious that, that uh, the Mavs were going to get the four seed and the uh, jazz were going to get the five seed. The Warriors are going to third seed. Why for fuck's sake, why is your superstar your entire year and your team, your franchise is built around this one guy. Why was he in the game? And they, you know, they're never going to be able to answer that. And, and it, it could cost them an entire year of Lucas window. If they yep. don't make a run this year.
0: Yep. By the way, top five scoring teams in the NBA this year, regular season, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Bucks, Hornets, Suns.
2: So Rooster, do you think that other than the uh, possible upset for Minnesota, against Memphis, there's any other upsets happening in the West?
3: Well, jazz are five seed. I don't know. If oh, I guess that's true.
2: That's a five, four. Technically
3: it's an upset. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think it is now though.
3: No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I
1: think, I, I mean, I got the warriors and Suns obviously winning. Um, no.
3: I mean, but is, is Denver really dead? I mean, I, they didn't play that well in, in game one, but I mean, they're a good team. They're They're not a a good
1: playoff team, and they—they, you know, you when people are people are looking at that game, saying, rethinking whether Jokic should be the MVP. I think it bolsters his case because his supporting cast is awful. With you know, without Murray and Porter Jr., they've got nothing. They're 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 really not a playoff level team without those guys right now. Um, I think the I think the Warriors are going to roll them. The 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 Warriors can't find enough time to play all their thirty point scorers. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean the the Warriors would have been the
0: would have been the two seed at least, right? If they didn't, if Steph doesn't get hurt uh, when he does
1: and misses a bunch of games, right? Right. Steph, Clay, Draymond—they're all hurt. They're yeah, all I mean they hurt.
3: they had a big stretch. They lost like seven of eleven uh, towards the end. Um, so they, they clearly were, you know, having some issues.
1: I think there were 19 games this year when all three of them appeared in the game. Wow. If that.
2: Yeah. Well, like Bison said, at least we can talk about this for the next three months. I mean, yeah, we- I mean, that's
1: right. We've got a quarter of a year to discuss.
0: This. <laughs> well, well the, good,
2: the,
1: good news, the good news is even the oh. even the games that were blowouts were it were good, exciting games. I mean, these have been good games. Even the play-ins were good games. Yeah. They've been exciting games. Don't don't fucking complain about baseball
0: and their games. I mean, we got a whole, (laughs) we got a whole extra season the NBA plays. So
3: So we don't (laughs) think that maybe upset, maybe the Grizzly go down and obviously the Mavs look like they're in trouble in the West. What about the East? Do we think the Nets can take the Celtics? Yes.
0: Sure. But that's another misnomer upset, right? I mean, those are two great teams. I mean, is that really an upset at that point? If the Nets win that,
2: yeah, it's a good point. I, yeah, for, I don't know. Got don't two
1: actually, guys, two guys on the Nets who are capable of scoring fifty points each. It can't be an upset.
2: Yeah. Remember, uh I, I can't remember the earlier one of the pods. It was Bison or Rooster was talking about like how pissed are you if you're Kevin Durant how, how this whole thing has played out. If you're a Nets fan. And it's the end of that game, and it's seven and a half seconds to go. And you got some sulking, sunglass-wearing, street clothes. I don't even know what to say about this guy. He's a premier defender, and he's sitting because his you-know-what is hurt. And, And Tatum blows by Kyrie. While Ben Simmons, you know, one of the best defense players is sitting on this your bench. I would just be isn't, nuts. Well, how about this if you're
1: personal, right? No, this
0: not at all. About how, about take, KD, how, how about
2: if you're KD?
1: How about if your KD and and your running mate, Kyrie, has been mouthing off at the at the Boston fans the whole game. And to show them who's who's the man, he <laughs> dribbles out the fucking clock until he's until he doesn't know what to do with it and then dumps it off on KD with Who has to take a desperation shot at the end 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 of the game? Play
3: before. I mean, run a freaking play, man. You know, I I don't know. That was a
1: self. That was such a selfish play.
3: Yeah, but the selfish play he did thirty seconds before he hit a three that you thought possibly won them the game. He was going one on five
0: that play. Kyrie, Kyrie is a reason to hate that team in and of himself. Right there is the reason to not root for the Brooklyn Nets because of one. Kyrie Irving. Period. That's it. That's the reason to not not root for that team and to want them to lose. You can pick one player and detest that team.
3: Moon unit. Irving. Well, I don't know. The Flat Earth Society if, will be upset with you, Bison.
2: Yeah, I mean, if we're onto our teams, if we're onto our teams that we love or hate, um, I, I'm having some real difficulty in this Celtics net series because. Between Kyrie and Ben Simmons, lots of reason to hate. I, I, there's something about Marcus Smart and Al Horford. I cannot stand that Celtics team, and I cannot stand that Celtics fan base. They are so elitist, and I just, I oh, cannot stand oh the Celtics. Come on, I can't. Oh, wow, I can't. oh
1: boy. So you can, so you're getting more upset by the Celtics than you are Ben Simmons and
2: I don't think Kyrie. So. I just, I want them all to blow up at the same time.
1: (laughs) I I, listen, I have to respond to that. The, The Celtics right now, the way they're playing is everything I love about basketball. I mean, if you think about how the Celtics played in the beginning of this year, they were the typical sulking, young emerging stars who, you know, dribbled the ball too much. They weren't moving without the ball. They, they weren't passing to each other. Nobody was cutting. They weren't playing good defense. And then finally, I guess they started listening to Ime Udoka, their new coach. And now Jason Tatum is maturity he passes. He's, a good, he's got good assist numbers. He and uh, Jalen Brown aren't having a big dick contest every game. Um, they're playing great <laughs> defense. And moving without the ball, and you see the results. I mean, they're playing great team basketball, and and it was exemplified by that game-winning shot at the buzzer. I mean, that was a three-pass play that in in earlier in the year, someone would have been jacking up a three early on in that possession. But they got so lucky.
0: They got so lucky.
1: No, they didn't.
0: Don't you guys agree that? I mean, come on. There there are are 0.01 individual players but there are individual players in the NBA that will make you hate an entire team. Right. I mean, they're like, I know House. I know that wherever LeBron goes, you're going to root against them. Right. I mean, that's, that's a given almost, we don't have to talk about him because he's not in the playoffs this year, but, but there are players that you detest so much, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, the hatred is not that deep for LeBron. I it's mainly because I, I I can't stand that argument between MJ and LeBron. I just think it's silly, but That's, that's not an argument. Uh, I I got to tell you uh last year's version of Trey Young was somebody that I just couldn't stand. It's a good point. I there's something weird about yesterday's game where I felt a little bit bad for Kyrie at a at no. a point. Yeah. Because well here's the reason, here's the thing. You know, hold yourself. On. You know, they were like crazy in love with Kyrie when he was playing for them. You know, he's just wearing a different yeah. uniform and they feel scorned. That's like really Seinfeld what it's all about. It, we're all just rooting for laundry. Laundry. Yeah. <laughs> just laundry. That's right. That's right. I, I just think it's fake. I mean, they love <sighs> Kyrie until he puts on a different uniform.
3: Well, how's that any different well, than like Dallas and Dion Sanders? They hated him when he was with San Francisco and then they loved him when he was with it's just it's no different in the NBA. I,
1: I, I disagree. I there are guys I hate and it has nothing to do with what uniform they're wearing it has to do with you know i don't know maybe maybe it's maybe I'm old school but when you're on a team you either you have the foxhole mentality or you don't and if you're one of these guys who is willing to let your teammates down and screw your team because you want to make some sort of a statement about your career and you want to tank and get yourself moved off the team. I I hate you as a player, and I'm never going to root for you. And that includes two guys on the on the Nets right now, yeah. um, you know, Kyrie and Ben Simmons. And it also includes Harden. I'm never going to root for Harden again. This is the third time he's pulled that stunt, and it's bullshit. I, I don't know how teammates could respect these guys. So
0: so, what about when I want to go off script for a minute though? What about when one of your friends makes it just impossible to root for a team? Because see, I have this dilemma, (laughs) personal dilemma, (laughs) where I I I felt this bond with the Sixers because, as I've stated before, Allen Iverson is my favorite player of all time, uh, (laughs) and I've always truly kind of liked the Sixers and what they're doing. But the thought of having to put up with House going through this not just them winning it just the fucking bullshit like we started this whole thing off about how Toronto's got yeah, a like he's, take, no. he's taking oh, a, yeah. he's taking a podcast like,
1: like, it's going juju.
0: like do you have like friends that I just the thought of going three months or or six months of these playoffs however long they last of having to listen to the bullshit from house it makes me kind of want them out of this right away. I don't know if, Do you have if like Toronto that
2: wins. If Toronto wins tonight, y- you will not. You will not stop getting face, face times and texts until tomorrow morning. <laughs> 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 I'm just telling you right they, they Are know, not
3: winning. They're so right. not going to win
2: one game. So here's what's going to happen. Either House, we're
1: going to be right, and he's going to go radio silent for 48 hours. Right. Or yes. we're going to be wrong, <laughs> and he's going to bombard <laughs> us with. Ah, right. Told you so.
0: Yes. House (laughs) makes it impossible to root for the Sixers. You've got to have friends like
3: that. (laughs) House House isn't even rooting for the Sixers tonight. He just wants us to be wrong.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, I am definitely rooting for the Sixers. I just don't think you can ever count Nick Nurse and the Raptors out. They're gamers. You know,
3: we're forgetting somebody who's easy to hate and makes you hate the team he's on. How about Pat Bev?
2: No, you can't stand him. Oh, God, I
3: can't stand it.
2: Oh, yeah, that. you you really hate him. Yeah.
3: Fucking irritant. Oh, last year with the Clippers. And, and now watching him with Minnesota, because I kind of like Cat and uh, and Anthony Edwards, but I can't like that team. Just can't. Well, I had no problem with celebration. The, well, yeah, remember <laughs> when they won the play-in game and they celebrated like they'd won yeah. the, the world yeah, championship. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with the,
1: that. It's
3: Minnesota. They haven't been in the playoffs since... God yeah, knows but when the TNT guys were just I, brutal I, on them.
1: I do have a problem with his trash talking. I mean, he, who the hell is he to be telling the Clippers that they suck? You know, I mean, it's it, the guy's got like one talent. It's like he's like a poor man's Dennis Rodman. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. It's, it, the one thing that was like is as much as there's a
0: guy who can make you hate a team, there's actually really a lot of guys to root for. Right, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of guys in the NBA right now who you kind of want to root for. I mean, Chris Paul's got to be at the top yep. of the list. Yeah, Booker and Steph and and Clay and seeing those guys come back. And I mean, I right. think Luca. Other than this whole injury thing, I'm intrigued to see Luca make a deep run because yep. uh, I just think he's a talent. But you know, there there's a lot of guys to root for. A
2: well, lot mean, of people don't like Draymond for some of his antics on the court, yeah. but. I like Draymond. I think he's an incredible defensive player. I think the Warriors went through a lot with all the various injuries. Klay's a good guy, one of the best pure shooters of all time. Uh, I, again, I definitely wouldn't want the Sixers to get all the way and face the Warriors, but if the Sixers aren't going to make it, uh, as much as I like CP3, I'm rooting for the Warriors. I'm rooting for Steph. I'm rooting for Clay to get all the way back. Uh, that was a rough, rough injury. Mm. Yeah. And how about I had, I had a hard time thinking of people final. I didn't
1: like. What's that, Rooster? I said I, I had a hard time coming up with players in the NBA I don't like. When we were talking about this topic, I mean I, I agree with uh, Bison. I think there's some really there's some guys in the NBA that are, that you really want to root for, and and they far there there are many many of them. It's it's they're in a good place right now. Golden State versus Brooklyn would be
0: a fun matchup, wouldn't it? Talk about, you know, Oof. villains leaving wow. teams and, you know, going there yeah. to get a
1: title and then the walking evil away. empire. That would, that would be kind of a fun. Yeah, that would be a fun matchup. So that could have gotten plenty of titles if he had stayed. He just wanted to be the number one.
2: Right.
0: Well, well we saw we saw some pretty exciting plays. I mean obviously the the Celtics the end of the Celtics game was probably the probably the takeaway like the big finish, right? I mean I think that was of the whole weekend the start of the playoffs. That was probably the most exciting play. Um but I don't know. I mean is a to me like that's the most exciting play we can think of from the playoffs. Is that is a basketball like winning layup is that that exciting? I mean, is that is that what you want to see? Like, if you have one ticket to go to a game and see, you know, like a ridiculously good ending or or one play or something, is that the ticket you want a basketball layup as a walk-off to, to win the
3: game? Not a layup, but like I mean, a long shot. I mean, you, you prefer know, a long
0: three-pointers at the buzzer to win the national championship? Yeah, Bowl? like
3: House, you know, yes. Chris Jenkins. I mean, it's kind of hard to get better than that or Carmelo Anthony, I mean, it, you know, those, those were amazing. It's all over shots, not, not just this game or, I mean, it's not just, not just basketball,
0: not just basketball, all sports. What is, what is it? You got one ticket, one ticket. What do you want to see in sports?
2: I mean, do I get to say it's game seven, bottom of the ninth bases are loaded. I I mean, I guess a walk-off grand slam in the world series would be the ultimate ticket. But yeah. I just think as plays that are usual plays that you get to see exciting sports, I agree with Pope. I mean, whether it was against the Sixers with Kawhi and the four bouncers and the you know agony of defeat or the thrill of victory with with Chris Jenkins, a buzzer beater is pretty goddamn exciting in sports.
1: How about a triple play to end a game?
2: Has that happened?
1: No, but that would be exciting. I yeah. mean, it might have happened. I don't I know if it's happening. Yeah. I think that the Celtics play way, if you thought, whether you think the Celtics play, which was a buzzer beater was exciting, kind of depends on whether you're the type of person who enjoys watching the Princeton offense, for example. I yeah. mean, that was just such a perfectly executed play with, with two passes that, that could have been zero passes. I mean, really Jalen Brown could have, they didn't call timeout and time was running out. He could have raced down the court and jacked up a three. Instead, he hits Marcus Smart, who also could have jacked up a three. Instead, he hits a cutting Tatum, who does a spin move and at the buzzer at like half a second. That was, that a, that, that that was, was a
0: pretty, pretty great setting. play. It,
3: yeah, it was it, a great play only because it they made it. I mean, had they, not, had they not made it and Tatum was like .01 seconds with a ball in his hand, they would have been crucified for not shooting the ball earlier. I mean, they got bailed out. Because Kyrie sat there and didn't guard Tatum, how can you predict that?
2: Something tells me that Bison is picking a baseball moment. for Well, I mean, player. look, here's the thing about about basketball is like
0: there's something about the environment. You know, there's smaller arenas, the play, the fans are right on top of of you, you know the action. So when a shot goes in at the buzzer, the, the sort of pandemonium that comes up. I mean that that environment is really spectacular. Uh, and it, it is hard to compete with that. I mean, it, it's hard to compete with that excitement. Um, but I, I mean, if I've got one ticket and I want to see a rare feat, I mean, it's gotta be a perfect game, right? I mean, what, it's a perfect game in baseball. There's been what 22 in the history of major league baseball. I mean, we get maybe one every six or seven years that where you see it. And um, I, you know, I, I think that's, although I've done. I've been to one, so maybe I don't need to spend my one ticket on that. because I've seen a perfect game. So how about, how about a uh,
1: how about a kickoff return for a t- game winning touchdown? That's pretty exciting too.
3: Yeah, Pope Auburn sure. Alabama. Sure. Oh yeah, the kick six. No, that wasn't exciting. That was a different <laughs> time of kickoff. <laughs> That's well, and, and listen, the way the way F one ended last year was was
0: pretty unbelievable. I mean, not sure. without controversy. But, but damn exciting,
3: that's for sure. Well, I, I will say that the, the best baseball game I've ever been to from a walk-off standpoint was when Nelson Cruz uh, hit a grand slam off the way off the top of the foul pole against the Tigers in game two of the ALCS in 2011. And it's, we were on the third base like 10 rows back. And it's one of those, like you hear the crack of the bat and you can tell immediately with the arc, the ball is going to go. You know, it's just a matter of whether it's going to be fair or foul. And the excitement, you know, 48,000 people just going nuts. Um, A walk-off granny or a walk-off home run to win a championship, I think it's hard to beat that.
2: Yeah, it's true. I don't like PKs, but if you're at a, you know, fever-pitched moment like a championship, a World Cup, uh, a premier league, something like that. And it comes down to PKs and it's like the last one. If you make it, you won though. That's also a pretty exciting moment.
3: What was that last year house? Was it the European cup that it was Italy and England and the PK? Uh, there was one that was, watching Vegas. Yeah. And who those was guys the one got abused after the game
2: where yeah. it came down to the goalkeepers where it was yeah. 11 to 10. All no, right. Uh, where where one goalkeeper made it and the other goalkeeper didn't make it. I mean that was insane. One after another, every single player made it until it got to the goalkeepers. Well, and then do what about hockey? the? Uh, yeah, do you remember overtime the Olympics? I mean
3: overtime hockey Stanley Cup. Do you get That's much true. better than that when you? Yeah. When you and when you see that goal go in and it's over after however many periods. I mean that is intense.
2: The Flyers yeah. once well hockey the, is intense. The Flyers once beat overtime the Penguins five overtimes in the playoffs, and Ben and I we kept setting our alarm for the twenty minutes, <laughs> so so we could wake up to watch the next overtime. Anyway, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. That was a that was a good shot by Tatum. I'll give him that.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Definitely, we're going to well, see we'll a lot more. I predict. More too. I predict we're going to yeah, see I a lot more right.
3: in this playoffs. I'll go out on a limb. I'll say these playoffs might rival the nfl playoffs when we had three out of four of those games were final plays i think this could be a great playoffs hope so
0: that'd be good so we'll we'll come back in august and talk about who uh (laughs) about how they wrapped up (laughs) that's so funny well listen we we you know we obviously talked about um about the bucks you know defending trying to defend their championship and and uh you know, raises a good question though about about small market teams. Um, you know, can these small market teams compete in in the major sports? And you know, I think whenever you start looking at playoffs and and watching these games, and you think about who's going to be in the finals, you certainly know you know who the league wants to see advance and they, what matchups they want for television purposes. But um, you know, look is. Are we at a time now where maybe there is some parity
2: not just in the NFL with with a lot of these sports? Uh how so? I mean how, what do you think? You think these I, small market teams can compete? Not really. I think it's like maybe a lightning and bottle wah, year. Wah, wah. Sorry, I just I like I think if Memphis or Minnesota were to make the NBA finals, it would be unbelievable. Uh I mean, you look at all the championships every year in the major sports. It, it is so, so hard for the small market. And we give milk. We miss milk. We give them a lot of shit. But honestly, what all those different Tampa teams are doing, particularly the Rays, small market, small salary, it's definitely beating the odds. I mean, the, yep. the money ball they're, system is beating the odds. They're the, the masters odds.
3: of it right now.
2: So wait a second. Let's, let's step
3: back and let's define what a small market team is because the teams that you've just mentioned, Minneapolis – Tampa. Tampa is a small market. are not small market teams. What? What? That, what they are in in Minneapolis? They have one point eight eight seven million homes, and in Tampa they have two point oh three five million. So when we talk small market, and they're thirteen and fourteen on the sports franchises for markets, right? Small market. That's like Green Bay, Buffalo, okay. Memphis, New Orleans. All under under a million. Milwaukee nine hundred twenty-two thousand. Because because you know I kind of took this task to try to figure out what the hell a small market team was because Tampa is not a small market team. That's surprising to me. Well, if but I look hear you, at, you from if, the but stats. If, you, if
1: you look at the if you look at their salary numbers,
3: well, that's in self enforced.
1: I mean, that's, yeah, they're they're tiny compared to the rest of the even just the AL East.
3: That's the ownership,
1: but they still. I mean, they still succeed. It's amazing. The Bucks are definitely a small market team under any definition, and they're, on, you know, yeah. they could go to the championship
3: game t- two years in a row. They're the eighth smallest market. Packers. The Packers, the Packers are well. the lowest. They have four hundred fifty-six thousand. They're they're the lowest. Not even close. Bill oh. should have been in the Super Bowl, but for a bad coach.
2: But let me, guys. Let me ask golf. you guys something. Does does the NFL TV money? At least for that sport, even that out, and basically even out the, whether or not you're a large population yes. market or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think and I think the it's, salary cap. So, well, I mean, so which which of the sports is it really against the odds to be a small market in baseball? Right. Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. I hope, think. What baseball, is your yeah. hope, What
1: does your survey tell you about the difference between Pittsburgh and Tampa?
3: So Tampa is thirteen. And Pittsburgh is 26. Wow. Wow. So Pittsburgh is 1.16 million.
2: All right. So we can say, Milk, you haven't done shit.
3: Yeah. Stop giving him credit for being a
2: small market. That feels better. (laughs) (laughs) Milk, you're actually underachieving.
3: But I, I did think it was interesting that, that, you know, we always think of small market teams like Tampa or whatever, and they're really not when when you actually look at the numbers. What about Kansas City? Uh, KC is 34th at
2: 986,000. Right. So like when the Royals did it, that was a pretty big deal. Uh, that was, especially baseball. Yeah. 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 Padres, so why, I mean, San
3: listen, Diego? Baseball, or
0: baseball... Baseball so San Diego's twenty seven. Right. You know, baseball was the you know, was the trendsetter in all these statistics and these saber metrics and everything because of course you know the money ball and the and the Oakland A's and Billy Bean and all that. I mean, that's where that all started was we can't compete, you know, on a dollar for dollar basis. So we got to get smarter. And and baseball, you know, has fostered that because they don't have the, the TV revenue sharing like the NFL does. So teams had to figure out how to get, uh, you know, how to, how to compete in different ways. And so that's where you got all these statistics and everything.
3: Well, and it's whatever the owner's pain threshold is on, on paying because the luxury tax kicks in and they have to pay, you know, extra money, but they can have, they can have salaries that are, you know, four or five guys exceed the, the uh, salaries of an entire small, small market team. That's
0: true but we're not really seeing that in baseball, right? I mean last year the Dodgers were over the the luxury tax by like 20 million and the only other team that exceeded the luxury tax last year was San Diego by a million and a half. So it hasn't actually played out that way in baseball where teams are now there's still because there's no floor, right? We we talked about this a lot when we discussed the the lockout. You know, there there's not necessarily an incentive for people to spend but you don't, you don't actually see a lot of teams exceeding that luxury tax in baseball at this point.
2: Well, I hope none of the small market teams win because that would mean that the Sixers and the Phillies <laughs> and the Eagles and the Flyers aren't winning. But it, the underdog stories yeah. are good. The underdog stories are good. me, sure. the,
0: the Flyers are not winning. You don't have to worry about that. The Flyers <laughs> are doing anything <laughs> but winning. That is not something you have to worry about all right well uh listen uh that get, we've already talked about this a little bit kind of but anybody got a punchable face of the week
3: come on man Rooster, nobody. Haven't we punched Kyrie enough?
1: I'll punch I him thought, again. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I thought I thought you were punching him, Bison.
3: Go oh, ahead. I'll punch him. I mean, listen, we can do you a group know, punch. Here's
0: the thing about here's the thing about Kyrie. I mean, it's it's I don't know. Somebody was saying it on here about you know about him mouthing off and 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 talking trash. I mean, we saw him first of all. He flipped off the the fans at some point after hitting a shot yesterday and, and then he comes back and, and after the game, he's walking through the tunnel and granted they just lost. And, and, you know, he's probably, you know, he's pissed, but somebody else you suck Kyrie. And, and he, and he yelled back something, you know, my dick or something like that back at the guy. I mean, he just can't, he can't get, he can't like leave it alone. Like what is wrong with him? I mean, I don't Kyrie's just such a punchable guy for he does this whole thing, like this contrarian bit. And it's a bit, it's a bit at this point. I, I just think he's, he's a fraud and I don't think he's a good teammate. He missed so many games because he wouldn't get vaccinated this year. And then he just can't keep his mouth shut. Fuck you, Kyrie. You're punched. I don't know. Yeah. Anybody oh, else, it's, nice. It's great...
1: he's, he's so weird too. I mean, he gets on yeah. these post-game interviews and takes a cop's attitude like he's, you know, just so many levels smarter than everyone else out there. Right. And, and he's talking down to everybody like, listen, you just don't understand. And the next thing out of his mouth is the world is flat, you know, or or <laughs> yeah. some QAnon nonsense. Right. Or, or the aliens are trying to invade his body through the vaccine. I mean, the guy's insane. I really think he's just crazy. And then, and then he has the audacity to to try to recant half of that crap later. Like, oh, I was just kidding about the flat Earth stuff. He was dead serious. Right. He actually thought it was true. I mean, you know, it's there's nothing more annoying than stupid people who are lecturing you like you're an idiot. Yeah, maybe he should have gone right. to
3: class at Duke. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And we're, we're punching this guy in every direction.
1: Wow. Considering considering nobody had a punchable face, I mean, we,
2: we found a winner. Oh, here. I was,
1: I, I, I was ready to punch him. I thought we agreed you were going to handle it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get in
0: line. Get in Rooster. Everyone's punching Kyrie. Uh. Oh, I mean, we punched a few people today, so it wouldn't be a SMQBs without a punch in the face of someone. But we also have some uh, some lasses, of course.
1: barbecue
3: sauce
2: uh house i think you got one the lesson of this lasso is to teach your kid to be a left-handed pitcher if at all possible uh yeah well yeah seven years ago there's a guy named jeff singer he was just this regular high school pitcher uh, uh grew up in philly played across the bridge in South Jersey for this high school, Holy cross high school. And then he got, you know, a non-scholarship you know uh, admission to college at Rutgers Camden played division three. Wasn't anything that special, but it was a decent left-handed pitcher for Rutgers Camden. And then he went to go get a job with his dad working at Dunphy Ford, washing cars, uh, before they went off to auction but he couldn't give up the dream of playing baseball so he joined uh, a men's league in in South Jersey because that was the best that he could do basically a glorified beer league and uh so amazingly I guess sometimes scouting departments are 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 so deep that they actually go and scout at these leagues and somebody went down uh, a player went down got injured at the independent Camden River Sharks team, and they needed a pitcher. And the, they asked a friend who was a scout at the Phillies, and he said, oh, you, you should go check out this guy. He pitches in a men's league. This guy's name is Jeff Singer. So he got a he got a little pitching stint with the Camden River Sharks. And then after the Camden River Sharks, he went to an AL open tryout up in Connecticut. And some people got turned on by, you know, the speed and his arm and he had a really live arm. So he, he hooked on and he got in and he got into the minors. He got in the Philly system and he, he was in the minor leagues for seven years to age 28. And he basically said, I'm, I'm done with this at 30. Like if I'm just going to be a minor league pitcher, I'm done with this at <clears> 30. So last week, uh, one of the uh, Phillies relievers, Corey Knable goes on to the COVID list and the Phillies need a left-handed arm. So they look at their A system and they're like, do you, got, do you got a left-hander that we could have for a couple of games to at least put on our bench in case we need a left-hander? And they call up this guy, Jeff Singer. And Singer calls his dad at the dealership and said, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to watch the Phillies. He's like, well, you should go watch him at the ballpark. And the dad's like, I'm, I'm just gonna turn it on, on TV, we'll watch the TV, I'm more comfortable there. He's like, Well, I've got a ticket for you waiting at the ballpark because I'll be playing for the Phillies tonight. And his, you know, dad went to the game. Uh unfortunately, Jeff Singer didn't actually get called into the game to the pitch, but he realized his dream. He made it to the bigs. He was at the bigs for four or five days. Knable's off the injured list. He's back at the AAA, Lehigh Valley, Iron Pigs. I just thought that that was a great, great story. I mean, from high school pitcher to beer league to the majors, that's a cool one.
0: That is a good story. That's a really good story. Yeah.
2: What you don't realize, House, is that he's
0: gonna
1: be your number one middle reliever by July. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be so he's gonna be your starting quarterback come the fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I'll
0: be rooting for him no matter what.
3: Uh, the Rangers could use him. Yeah, yeah. that's a bad team. Yeah, God, right. we're bad.
0: So that's a bad team. I got two. Uh, nice. one, I'm gonna I, I almost forgot about this one, but this was was sent in by uh number one fan, uh cousin Justin. Uh, who sent in and and this is a good story about Brett Phillips uh, with the Rays. Who you know wow. these players, you know you, you do give these guys credit. I mean they make a ton of money, they live charmed lives, um, but they do when they meet kids who are sick. I mean every one of them, you know it really does mean something to them. I, you can't you can't fake that, and and uh, these guys do make an effort with with kids and. And uh, Brett Phillips, you know, he he meets this little girl who's fighting cancer for the second time. um, And and she makes a wristband for him. And he's her favorite player. They're literally interviewing her during the game. and He hits a home run. And if you haven't seen it, you got to pull up the video because, I mean, he can barely speak. He is he's a wreck talking about it. Uh, And it's just it's just a good story about a guy because, you know, it shows that they get it. And and like I said, you can get very cynical about athletes pretty fast, but that's why, that's why these are our Ted Lasso moments, because these are the guys, you know, you see there at the end of the day, by the way, Brett Phillips is a kid himself, right? I mean, we're all getting a little log in the tooth here. I mean, these guys are kids too. And uh, so that's, that's a good video. I'd I'd tell you to go, go check that out. Uh, That's That's a a good good lasso. And then another one um, that I had was, you know, I'm the first one to beat up baseball because they can't get out of their own way on on so many things. Um, but one thing that they they really kind of qu- almost quietly seem to be doing is promoting women to on-field and, and front office jobs. I mean, the, the Marlins have uh, their general manager is a, is a woman. Uh, and then we had the Yankees had um, their single-A affiliate uh, in Tampa, had uh, Rachel Balkovec, if I said that correctly, she managed um, the first minor league game uh, as a woman this year. And then the uh, San Francisco Giants, shout out to the to the Sangs. Um, they had Alyssa Nocken, and again, I, I hope I said that right, but it's N-A-K-K-E-N, Alyssa Nakin, um who's been a, a coach with the team for I think three years now. Got an opportunity. Uh, when the regular first base coach got thrown out of the game the other night, uh, she got sent in to be the first base coach. And it's the first time that a woman has coached a, a major league game on the field. Um, she had actually done this in, a, in a, uh, a spring training game last year, but this was the first regular season game. And the thing that was kind of cool, I mean, there's a lot cool about it, but uh, one of the things that was cool – was uh, you see in my picture here Eric Hosmer the first baseman for the Padres man he didn't miss a beat he knew it when it happened he went over and shook her hand right when she came onto the field and then uh, the the hug she got in the dugout when she came back it's pretty it was pretty cool to see the players sort of rally around and uh, and understand what was happening and uh You know, good for baseball for for letting that happen. It's a couple different organizations. It's not just one organization. and You're starting to see women get opportunities in coaching in the NBA, even the NFL. Uh, But but good for baseball for having someone on field uh, coaching the other night, just less than a week ago.
1: The Yankees have had a, a woman radio announcer since 2005, I think, Susan Waldman. And she's a really good, sharp announcer. In fact, she's been covering for John Sterling for many years because he's horrible. But Susan Susan Waldman should listen to her sometimes. She's she's sharp.
2: Good one. Well, these there. these
0: women are every bit as, as good as as the men that they're stepping in for. Uh, and good that they're getting the opportunities and, and blazing the path because we're gonna see we're gonna see women first base and third base coaches and, and managers uh soon in our lifetime. So so good for them. That's that's a good lasso for us. Rooster, you got you want to wrap it up for us today. I know you got to pour out.
1: Yeah, I'd like to pour one out uh, for the great Mike Bossy, right winger for the New York Islanders, who announced last October that he had lung cancer, and sadly he died Thursday. Um, this picture behind me is the what was known as the Trio Grande. Uh, when Mike Bossy was um, drafted in 1977, I think he was like the 15th pick of the Islanders. Um, Brian Trottier was the center. Clark Gillies was the left uh, forward. And Bossy steps in as a rookie and scores 53 goals in his rookie, rookie year. Crazy. He is the best pure goal scorer in the history of the NHL. And, he, and Wayne Gretzky agrees with that statement. Mm. Um, Wayne Gretzky mm. is the mm. best scorer and the best player. Mm. Bossy was the best pure mm. goal scorer in, he only played 10 years because he got the crap kicked out of him, um, and was badly hurt. And in fact, the rules started to change because of that. And Gretzky benefited from that. Um, it's it, Mike Bossy scored more than 50 goals, nine years in a row consecutively. Gretzky has nine years that he scored 50, but never in a row, not in a row, um, bossy holds the record for most seasons, scoring more than 60 goals in a season with five. Um, he, when he was, uh, in his prime, the Islanders won four consecutive Stanley cups from 80 to 83. And he won the con Smythe in 82, uh, during one of those, um, it took him only 129 games to get his hundredth goal. That's what a scoring machine this guy was. I think he averaged close to 0.8 goals per game. Um, and if he hadn't been hurt, who knows what he would have done? He he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in '91, and was just he he is the reason why. For all this talk, we joke around, you know, hockey fights and all that. He's the reason why. For many many years, I've really been an advocate for getting all that, uh, dump, dump the puck in the corner and beat the crap out of each other style of play out of the NHL and move to more towards an Olympic style, um, rink and game where the true poets on the ice, like bossy and Gretzky and those guys can show off their stuff and entertain everybody with beautiful skating and shooting I don't want to see a bunch of slow guys pounding each other. It's just not as fun. And Mike Bossy's career suffered because he got the crap kicked out of him throughout the seventies and eighties and could only play 10 seasons, but he was really, really a goal scoring machine. He was, he was in a sight to behold. He, and Gretzky posted when, when Bossy died, Gretzky posted a picture of the two of them on the bench when they played for team Canada with the caption it was my honor to have played with you so he really was the man and uh, so pour one out for mike bossy number 22
2: here's to mike bossy
1: here's to mike bossy nice, yeah nice bossy. nice tribute just to just to
0: clear two things up on that when you said right winger you meant actual that was his position not that mm-hmm. he was a uh, subscriber of the wall street journal yeah, yeah. No, unlike and, uh
1: and- unlike your guy on the Caps. He's and, he's, and, and when you said position. and when you said he was the greatest
0: goal scorer, you meant of his generation, of course, because we all know the greatest goal scorer of all time, period, is Alex Ovechkin. Oh, so here we go. go. Oh, anyway, so was, you are one of those. So how many years has so. Ovechkin <laughs> played?
1: How many years has Ovechkin
0: played? Jeez, I
1: don't know. In 30? I don't know.
3: Forty 30, 30 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's long. <laughs>
1: In ten years. Uh ten years he had he, he scored more than fifty goals nine times.
3: I think I think Brezhnev was the premier when uh, Ovechkin started playing. <laughs> uh, that's funny.
0: All right, guys. Good show. Everyone uh come back soon, Milk. Get, get we're ready. talking about Russians.
3: <laughs> hey and and, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and listeners listeners we're going uh we're going remote live to uh, Wrigley Field on Thursday well, we we report Field trip next week. Field trip. Field trip. All right, have a good week, nice. everybody. See ya.